My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. A couple weeks ago, I saw a a ranking of the, the 10 best and the 10 worst television series finales, according to a group of television critics. This was right around the time that the show Game of Thrones was ending, and everyone was either excited or angry about the conclusion to that series. I have to confess, I've never seen an episode, so I was completely out of the loop on that. I was more interested in the the finale of The Big Bang Theory, but I digress. With all that interest to that finale of The Game of Thrones, though, these television critics were talking about how well or how poorly other popular shows kind of ended their run. And in terms of the the best series finales, some of the ones that they cited were the the Mary Tyler Moore show, which I was only three at the time, so I don't really remember that one. Uh, The last episode of the, the, the show Cheers, which had the Sam and Diane getting back together and were they gonna get married and trying to resolve that long series, long theme. And it kind of tried to wrap up loose ends on a, on a pretty good note. They, they listed the, the finale of MASH as the best. It was the, the most watched TV show in all time history, at, at least at that time. And after 11 years, you got to see these characters that people have been following in this army hospital during the Korean War, the end of that conflict and them all getting to go home, including the main character, Hawkeye. And the reporter in the, the, this uh, article was saying that it was so emotional that there was not a dry eye in the country. I don't remember crying, but if the newspaper says so, it must be true. In terms of the worst television show endings, there were a lot of shows that I wasn't really familiar with or ever remember watching. X-Files was on that list. The last episode of Little House on the Prairie, St. Elsewhere, Roseanne. Again, none of the shows I really watched, but I imagine a lot of people would agree with the selection of two 
series finales being on that worst list. One was Seinfeld, which found the four main characters in jail for not helping a, a person who was about to be mugged and kind of bringing together like they've done nothing for nine years. And I don't know, it was kind of anticlimactic. It seemed kind of a forced ending for that. So it was kind of stupid. Anyway, their choice for the worst series ending, though, was The Sopranos. And they described it as one of the single most frustrating endings in history. This final scene of this brilliant, much-revered show left viewers thinking that their cable had gone out. While the main character, Tony Soprano, and his family sat at a New Jersey diner, and then, what, got rubbed out, ate pie? We never know, because the creator, David Chase, left that cut-to-black ending intentionally vague to make the point that if you choose a Tony Soprano lifestyle, uncertainty reigns. Most fans didn't really care for his philosophical point and 15 years later are still angry that they don't really know what happened. Coming to an end, when you think about it, for the, the writers of these shows, it's a really tricky thing to try to do. Here they've created characters that have become beloved, but after years and years of airings, people have been invested in these characters and in these fictitious shows. How do they tie up all these things and storylines in a manner that's going to leave people satisfied? What's going to make a memorable conclusion becomes quite a challenge. Here we are on the last Sunday of Easter, which, can you believe, Easter Sunday was six weeks ago. And we find ourselves recalling the end of one aspect of Jesus' life as he's now ascended into heaven to enter into this inner life of God. And so how does the church bring this season of Easter to a close? What's our finale? Interestingly, we have a flashback episode. We're at Jesus' last supper in the gospel where he's offering a prayer. And considering all the different dramatic moments of Christ's life and those that are, are still to come as we celebrate the, the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church at Pentecost next Sunday, on the surface, this gospel seems a, a very anticlimactic way to conclude the season. Because here we're recalling Jesus' words before his trial, before his passion, before his death on the cross. But if we listen to what Jesus is saying, it does make perfect sense. Because in this prayer, Jesus is beautifully speaking to his Father and to our Father. And in these words, we hear the depth of love that's contained in the, the mind and the heart of the Trinitarian God that links Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. And what is at the core of the heart of God? You, me, every single one of us. The essential meaning or the essential message, the, the ending and the beginning of the gospel and all of the scriptures themselves comes back to the fundamental point that God has this, this deep, personal, unique love for every human person. That he's intimately caring for and concerned about each and every one of us. So yes, Jesus' words coming before the, the worst that would happen to him and recalled in light of his greatest triumph, 
speak of that incredibly focused love for all of us. Jesus never loses sight of that love in the face of the horror that he's going to face on Good Friday. He never doubts that love. He never forgets that love. It's that personal love that enables him to face evil in the eye, to carry the cross, to suffer an apparently devastating defeat, and then triumph in a way that to this day still remains mind-boggling for even his most faithful followers. At the same time, though, this, this prayer of Jesus reveals the key for us to experience that love personally and profoundly ourselves. The ending to the Easter season leaves us with the promise that if we start to live a life of unity ourselves, a life that's rooted in, in charity of heart and mind, a life that's free of sin, that we can also experience that intimate, deep love of God ourselves, that we can enter into this, this personal communion with God that Jesus wants us to experience. We will be able to face our own Good Fridays with an awareness of Jesus' abiding presence. We'll be able to carry and even suffer on our own crosses, knowing that a, a triumph awaits that we cannot even imagine. As Easter starts to come to a close, can you and I think of a better finale? Or rather, can we think of a better way for us to begin?